struck sober. I was just a regular day at the office. I had spent two years in one program, three months in another in Bronx, New York when I was younger. I had been in a hospital bed for 10 months, getting run over twice in the same night by the same car, loaded. I've had tons and tons of consequences, but the alcoholic of my type or the addict of my type is willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. And when you're feeling uncomfortable now with, uh, you know, because it adds a lot of technicolor to it, the addictive mind and the alcoholic mind, that now is unbearable. And there's an imperative that you'll do almost anything, pretty much anything, to get out of that. Yeah? Yeah. So I had that drive running me. Like, it was almost like a radioactive isotope. Uh, and that urge was just so potent. And it had, like, um, thoughts just running around it. Yeah, but the, the nuclear reactor was this urge, this wanting to escape. And in, in hindsight, coming into AA, you want to have this on, huh? We might just put it on. Uh, you know, what it was, it was captured by the statement, self can't get out of self. Now, that's not in the book, but to me, that's the most important observation of people in recovery. They observed that they were trying to get out of self as self and it's impossible. It's an incredibly important point because if you're identified as that which you're trying to get out of, yeah, you're gonna try to get out of it as that, yes? So if, if, you're, if there's a mistaken identity, and in a sense, the host is taking itself to be the parasite, it's gonna live to, perfect, to protect and defend the parasite, yeah? And what and then and this had this is all in hindsight because I got relief from it yeah so when I got relief from it I I saw there's a statement in page one sixty four and we'll start when the other people come right yeah it's no problem this doesn't you know it's like running water it doesn't start running at six o'clock you know, it's just there so. <laughs> On page 164, there's a statement in how it works, and they're, they're just going to go into the inventory process. And it's one sentence, and it says, being convinced, which is very important, it's in the first few steps, basically it's the requirement of the steps. Yeah? The first few steps is, if you're, if you're being convinced that they're now going to put out the supposition of the program, yeah? They're gonna tell you the problem and they're gonna point to the solution. So it says, all right, being convinced, and being means a present tense state, not I was convinced and I hope I'm gonna be convinced, but I am convinced right now. So when they would say, being convinced that any life run on self-will will hardly be a success, that's an observational statement. You hear it, and then there's an observation of your own life and see if it fits that little shoebox, yeah? So any life, meaning yours or mine, run on self-will can hardly be a success. Now the important thing is to see what it's running on. What is self-will? Most people, when they talk, think about self-will, they think it's their own will. But it's self-will 
And the way I see it is self is other. It isn't you. Yeah? So it's the will is there and something other than you is using it to promote its own agenda. And you're left holding the bag or the consequences. Yeah? So this foreign installment, you want to call it self, is using us for transportation. Now, so it says being convinced that self, so my, the feeling I have of the word self, you can look it up anyway. I do not, I'm not talking about an ego at all. I'm talking about a feeling that arises that when there's thoughts noticed, you're the thinker. Yeah. When there's actions, you're definitely the actor. When there's seeing that you're the seer, you're the one that's doing the seeing, even though you have really nothing to do with it, basically. Yeah? So you're the feel the feelings, yeah, are being used to imply the feeler. So the, the sense of self is the compilation of all those claimings of what's going on as having a lot to do with you and I, with a lot of it has nothing to do with you and I. You'll see it when people share about a feeling. They go, they have the, the feeling occurs, and then their head goes, I didn't want to feel that. So they came after the feeling, yeah? There's a feeling, it's noticed by consciousness, not by you, but by consciousness. Your awakeness is what notices it, yeah? So the, the awakeness notices it, a feeling, yeah? And then you, the idea of you, comes after and it has an opinion about that feeling and says, I didn't want to feel that, yeah? Now, a lot of the day it has that same, that same experience and what's the underlying premise of it? You're basically powerless, yeah? You're feeling a lot of shit you don't want to feel. So obviously you don't have much power concerning the feelings, do you? If you did, you'd be feeling great all fucking day. Yeah? Yeah. But there's an assumption you have power. Because the assumption is you're the feeler, and if I'm having all these feelings and they're mine, they should fucking listen to me, basically. Yeah? If they're my feelings, they should be, you know, listening to me. I don't want to feel this, but see... The storyline is totally bogus. It has no freaking, it has no flaw. It has no real foundation. It's a narrative that's completely based on assumption. It's completely, there's, the seeing is used, there's the claiming of the seeing to imply the seer. The seer comes after the seeing. The verb of seeing, the verb of being awake, yes? Like, we're all awake right now. The, something's looking out of the eyes. You're not trying to look out of the eyes, are you? There's, there's looking out of the eyes, and then there's the idea of you, but you're not, like, straining. You know, straining. I want to hear better. You know, there's hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling, verbs, healing, hearing, feeling, seeing, tasting, touching. Those verbs come first. In living, they're the basis of living. We're sharing the same basis. There's five gates of consciousness. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. We're all sharing that. That's the basis of living. Yeah? When you were a baby, that was it. Until about year and a half, two years. Until the brain developed. And then suddenly, when you were a baby, life was happening. 
unbelievably. After about two or three years, it started to be interpreted by the brain that life's happening to me. That's where the bondage of self arises. Yeah, it's a product of the brain. The brain produces a product that comes after the verbing, and suddenly it says it's doing all the verbing. So now you, you're put in a, a position of owning a lot of shit you have nothing to do with. And then you run into, this narrative is so stubborn, you run into the incredible experience of being powerless over something called alcoholism or something called addiction. And I'm telling you, did you have a lot of volition after you drank or used? Did you write out the course of the night? No. Once you introduced a drug or alcohol, basically it was like dancing with a gorilla. You were going to stop when the gorilla wanted to stop. Yet, the fucking mental narrative is so strong, you still blame and have guilt for all the shit that you, you did under the influence. Yet, you had no say. Yeah? Once I got loaded, through observation, the only thing that was going to stop me is if you could physically stop me. That was it. If I put something in me, coke or something like that, I was that to do almost anything. How can, how can that story that you're the doer hold water when you've had the experience of addiction? How? How can that thing keep mining guilt and shame based on the behaviors that were driven not by you, you were driven by it? You don't have alcoholism. Alcoholism has you. You don't have, you're not a fucking addict. Addiction has you. Right now in this program, it doesn't have a, such a strong hold on you, but probably if you leave this program, it will. Yeah. So we can have pauses, manipulated ones, where there's a little relief, just like for two years I didn't get loaded in Delancey Street, but as soon as I left Delancey Street, I was loaded in about a week. Yeah. Did I, was, was I addicted in Delancey Street? Didn't seem like it. And, and then I leave and suddenly I'm the addict again. No, addiction had me. Something has you. Let's put the fucking horse in front of the cart and it, things will make sense when you start looking at it. Like to me, I see alcoholism and whatever you want to call it. There's so many mad variations of the same drive, right? But basically, it's the bondage of self. That's all it is. You're taking yourself to be a noun, yeah? And you're putting that noun before the verb. And now everything is happening to you. You don't see life as happening anymore. It's interpreted that it's happening to you. And then it just plays off of that theme and just riffs. It's like if you meet people out there who quote, quote unquote are normal, their self-centeredness is like an acoustic version, yes? Nice, short, little, do-do-do-do-do, five minutes, six minutes. You've, addiction, alcoholism is like an electric version. Long fucking guitar solos. 12 <laughs> minutes of inagata de vida. It's the same system. It's all self-centeredness. But we have, we have an amplified system. Addiction and alcoholism amplify self-centeredness. And what it amplifies aren't compassion, love, uh, empathy. It, it, amp it amplifies vindictiveness, rightness, right? 
being the victim, all this stuff. It's very selective in what it amplifies, yeah? So when we're taken over by whatever it is, whatever, it's just the same fucking thing, we're in different suits, it has the same traits. It's gonna amplify things that you would look at or see as contractive, yes? So when you have a miracle during the day, you'll forget it in an hour, but you'll keep on reliving a resentment for 40 fucking years. It's, a, it's, there is, it's not a level playing field, it's biased. You're living on a fucking huge incline. Yeah. So I came into AA, I saw that. It said, being convinced that self, that self, not you and me, not Ian and Jimmy and Amelia and Paul, is what has defeated us. No, self is what has defeated us. Self a foreign thing, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, yeah? Now, if it was you, it would have said, being convinced that Paul, Mary, Jim, Amelia, millions of names who are addicts, alcoholics, manifested in various ways, defeated Jim, Mary, Amelia, it doesn't say that. It says self and us, we would be seen as the us, yeah? And then there's one thing called self that's using all of us for transportation. Yeah? And if you don't believe it, look at your society here. Look at addicts and alcoholics. Thousands of different ethnicities, different upbringings, different intelligences. But how many of us park in the same three parking spaces over and over again? Institutions, jails, and death. Yeah. There's a huge fleet of us, but there's just one fucking driver, self. If you don't see it, you'll be looking from it. If you don't see it as other, you won't be able to entertain being free from it. You'll be entertaining being free as it, and that's what's leading you to get loaded fucking over and over and over again. You're trying to get out of self as self. If you see it as other, the possibility of being free from it becomes available. If you keep calling it you, you're, gonna, you're bonded. It's your pursuit of freedom as self is a bondage of self. You'll be going to fucking 30 retreats, spending all your money for yoga outfits and everything like that, constantly trying to improve something that has a ceiling. This is like a Toyota. You're not the, I just saw an SUV Rolls Royce. I've never fucking seen one. This isn't gonna be an SUV Rolls Royce. I don't give a shit how many Rolls Royce shit I put on it. It's a Toyota, yeah? This is a Toyota. This is a body. This is an expressive vehicle, an observational vehicle. It is not a chariot to the gods, yes? What you are is not a thing. So being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Are you or not? That's the AA's asking you. Being convinced, are you or not, that self, that something other than you, manifesting in a lot of different ways has, has, has defeated us. If you are, then we, are in, we go into the fourth step and we look at the biggest manifestation of self, let's say, which is resentment, yes? It says it right in the book. So it says, being convinced that self, 
manifests in various ways. The first, resent, the first manifestation of self we're going to look at is resentment. A manifestation of self. Why do you keep calling them yours? Why do we keep calling resentments manifested through us by self ours? We must be in the act of being identified as self, yes? That is my humble hypothesis in recovery. Just like it says in a vision for you, we know but a little. People who come after us are gonna, there's gonna be a lot more fucking revealed. Well, here you go. Let's get to the exact nature of the wrong. To me, the exact nature of the wrong is an act of being identified as what you're not. It thrives before you're sober and after you're sober. It just changes its outfit, maybe its language, starts wearing, you know, different clothes instead of fucking <coughs> leather jackets. Fucking, but it's the same, same selfing, yeah? Has that voice in your head changed when you got sober? Sure sounds the same, doesn't it? Yes, yes. So being convinced that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. We're going to look at its common manifestation. Resentment is the number one offender. The next part of the inventory is fear. The next part is harms done to others in the pursuit of what you want. These are some of the common manifestations. If you want to see some of the other manifestations of self, go to a dictionary, look up the word self. Usually they have a hyphen and then they have fucking attributes after it. And there's about 120 of them. And about 80 or 90 of them, I would say, are on the negative side, like self-emulation, self-fucking-hatred, self-destruction. Then they throw a little bone, self-love, <laughs> self-trusting. But basically, fuck, yeah. <laughs> But we're only going to look at three of them. Resentments, fears, and harms done to others in the pursuit of what you want. Yeah? Okay. We take the inventory. Please, just try it once. My, maybe the next inventory, and hopefully the last inventory you ever do, seriously, except for step 10. I mean, maybe look at, hey, maybe look at, wow, that guy's from New York, I think. I know him from New York. She's, I didn't, don't know her money, which is good. But, so we look at resentment, yeah? So we're going to look at resentment as the idea that it's a manifestation of self in one's life. So why do I want to see the manifestations of self? Because you can't see self. It, there isn't anyone there. It's you, basically, yeah? But you can see its manifestations. So by its manifestations, you'll come to know the tree. Yeah? So we look at resentments and fears. And with our way of looking at it, I'm not seeing them as my fears. I'm seeing them as fears generated by my possession by self. Yeah? And if self was lifted, a lot of the fears I would outgrow, which has happened. Yeah? And see, the thing is, you'll know the problem from the solution. And then when you get relief, and I mean stabilized relief, I don't mean fucking vigilant relief, constantly have to be concerned and worried. No, a fucking relief from the bondage of self, you're on to something. Yeah. Entertain the possibility that's been offered and see if it produces the goods. And if it does, fucking keep subscribing to it. Yes? 
You take inventories as you go on, the 10th step. First of all, the point of inventories is to lead you to not having to do any inventories sooner or later, yeah? If you don't have any fear that day, you don't do an inventory on fear, really. Yes, that's the beauty. That, to me, is where I want to go. I don't want to be a master of my slavery. I want to be free from the slavery. So if you're new, what I pray for is the ability to be convinced, to be done with it. You and I are not managerial quality in the condition that we're in. That's why we do better when we're told by others what to do. Yeah? Take this opportunity to get clear about what has you so that instead of that lower power of self having you, the higher power will. And that higher power, the only thing the parasite of self respects is a stronger power than it. And AA is the way to have that introduced. And what AA does, it doesn't only introduce it, it gives you the way of life to continue that, yeah? To, to allow the higher power to reign supreme in your life for 31 years, your life is going to look a whole lot different than, than if the self had you for 31 days. You'd be fucked if the self has you for 31 days. If I was loaded at one in the afternoon, I'd be arrested by five if I was out in public at the end. As soon as I drank, I found I had magnetic appeal to people in uniform. I would have fucking attract so much consequences. And I couldn't put it two and two together until I did. And it's like that old thing we say, not every time I drank, I didn't get in trouble. And every time I got in trouble, I'd been drinking. You gotta check it out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you've got to catch that first wave in AA, being convinced. And the second wave, see your role in things. And if you see your role in things, see, you can't deny your role in things. That doesn't work. If you see your role in things, you'll really see the huge role of self in things. And then you'll lead to a negation of it, not a denial. The mental denial doesn't do anything. It reinforces the self. But when you finally let all that shit land, it's going to reveal to you how unreal it is. But as long as you're trying to make it unreal, it's going to be as real as real can be. But it allowed, when you finally own up that you're fucked, all this stuff, that's when you're unfucked. Yeah? You'll recognize how it works. You have it by giving it away. What cocaine dealer ever lived by that principle? <laughs> yeah, but this is the principle of a quote-unquote spiritual way of life. You have it by giving it away. If you had a huge infinite amount of resource of ease and comfort, would you be fucking anxious about ease and comfort? If you realize that that power, that higher power, is always, always available at all times, right where you are, yeah? Right where you are, with no requirement necessary for you to meet it, yeah? Higher power is always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary to meet it. Basically, 
you are exactly right where it is at all times. And the only requirements are on your side, not on its side. It will give you the fucking kingdom right this second if you're open to it. You ever hear of that prodigal son story in the Bible? It's a famous story about a guy. He had a pretty good gig. He had a nice place to live, rich family, and he decides to go fuck around. He starts getting loaded, fucking around, and he starts feeling guilty. You know, like, oh, I really blew it. And he's it basically, the head's playing God with him. And he ends up in a pigsty, and he's fighting pigs for the little corn of cob. And he's fucking, finally he just surrenders, because, and then as soon as he surrendered and gave up the ghost of all the guilt and shame, suddenly his father, meaning God, appeared immediately, had some new clothes for him, put a ring on, and said, let's go home, there's a huge feast. That was available at any point. God, that power didn't need to be convinced. He needed to be convinced. The person in the pigsty finally gave up the ghost, and that which he was creating a requirement to meet, the requirement dropped, and there it was. The grace was there immediately. It's, a grace isn't earned or acquired. It's available, freely given. We're the one which... See, do you ever see the statement, page 63... I think it's the most important unspoken step of AA, which is you got to quit playing God. It doesn't work. It comes before the most important principle, which is turn, turn your willing life over to the care of a higher power. It's actually more important because if the program is a linear process, which it is, 12 steps, then first would be more important than next, yes? So when this is, it says first in this life, you got to quit playing God, yeah? And then, why? Because it doesn't work. And then next is this principle that God is the Father, you are the child. So, all right, I'm telling you, I'm sharing with you what I saw, what is playing God is the idea of self. The mental state is playing God. When you wake up in the morning, it tells you how the day's going to be. You haven't even gotten up out of bed. It tells you how you were, how they were, how you're going to be, how they're going to be. Yes? It's playing God, pontificating completely. Now, AA says you gotta quit playing God, it doesn't work. What would happen if you're identified with that which is playing God? So you hear the statement, you gotta quit playing God. So now that which is playing God tries to quit playing God. Isn't that playing God ad infinitum? Isn't that self trying to get out of self? Try to fucking get out of that. So how do you get out of that which is playing God? You see you're not that which is playing God. You're not that which is playing God. Maybe just maybe you find out that you are actually God because God doesn't need to play God. Yeah, But that which isn't God needs to play God and it's using our God juice to do it. Yeah, So... You gotta quit playing God, try it. Try to get out of self as self, you can't, yeah? So well, where's the, where is the escape? You're not in self, you are not what your head is taking yourself to be. If you could question a the narrative, then you question the central theme of the narrative, 
that you're the long-lasting, independent, separate entity that did all this terrible shit, and that's probably going to do more terrible shit. Yeah? What would happen if Stanley was manifesting through me a lot of shit, and I kept calling Stanley's manifestations mine, I would be in the act of being identified as Stanley. Yes? That, to me, is the disease of alcoholism. A foreign pathogen has been introduced. It thrives on fucking alcohol and drugs and drama and a lot of other fucking energy. It feeds off of it through us. We're its vehicle. Yeah? Alcoholism can't drink. It doesn't have any lips. Addiction can't shoot up. It doesn't have a pore to put the needle in. It has to convince us to fucking do what it wants. And if you look at it as, and I'll tell you, man, I just saw some people before I left in San Francisco. The effects on the host by the parasite is unbelievable. The hostility of the fucking parasite of alcoholism and uh, addiction treats the fucking host unbelievably bad. You would imagine that if the host saw it as a foreign thing, it would throw that foreign thing off, yes? Like if a big, huge bug landed on me and that bug is other than me, I'd knock the fucking thing off. The 50th time it landed, I would not. But this strat the strategy of the parasite's unbelievable. It convinces us that we're it. So when we see it on our arm, we call it our arm. Yeah? <laughs> it'll, let you, it'll let you dream about freedom, but you'll never have freedom. <laughs> You'll dream it will be okay, but you won't be okay now. <laughs> I've seen it. It's slavery. I swear. What do you think I come down here for? I share it with my tribe because I have relief, stabilized relief. And through the relief, I saw the problem. And I'm trying to inform you that you're in it. Yeah? And we don't even know it. Something is, is disguising as us, and, and we're living from that, yeah? That's why you feel irritable, restless, and discontent. It's like you got a fucking thickly wool sweater on, causing something's got you, and you're fucking itching, yeah? And then, of course, you want to get out of it, but you're trying to get out of it as it. Good luck. I don't think, I think the AA way we saw it. Tons of people have practiced this program. It's not in the big book. It was an observation. Self can't get out of self. What the hell do you think that means? Yeah? Self can't get out of self. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways. So when we're identified as self, the main drive is to get out of self. I shot so much fucking coke, you know, to the point where I would... I would stage overdoses because all I could hope for, I felt if I shot enough coke and my head got taut enough, it would snap and I'd still be there for maybe a second and finally be free from it. And then I'd pass away. I figured the only way I could see the fucking thing if I pushed it to death's door 
you know, just totally fucking white out. I was hoping it would finally, it would die before I died. Well, I'm telling you, you can't fucking escape from an imaginary thing. <laughs> you just can't. You can't get out of self as self. It's impossible. You never will, and you never have, and it's just impossible. Yeah? So maybe, just maybe, take this shoe I'm giving you. I'm giving you a spiritual shoe. If it fits, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> if it fits, wear it, yeah? Wear it. And maybe the next inventory you do, you'll write down manifestations of self in one's life. And maybe you'll see that you've been living under an occupation, really. That something has been feasting off of you. And you're always left holding the bag. It's like the, it's like the, uh, the car they used to drive to the bank and rob the bank going to jail. The car. <laughs> you've been used like a car like transportation yet you get the fucking prison sentence <clears throat> so I don't you know I entertained this a long time ago and it hasn't given up hasn't uh, it's just been available for a long long time now so I feel quite confident of uh, what's being said through me. Because to me, this changed everything in the program. See, I believe AA is a way of life. And I believe what you truly are will illuminate that way of life. Yeah? If you live that way of life as what you're not, it will dim down the possibilities of this way of life. These possibilities are unbelievable in AA. You can really uh, live as if the problem does not exist for you anymore. Yeah? You can know serenity and understand peace. You can. These are all qualities that are available to all of us. Yeah? All we need to do is a simple, simple daily routine where to me, if I was new, what I would hopefully do is to create the right habits now, basically. Yeah? Because if you look at the diagnosis, it says the problem resides in the mind, yeah? So you don't want the head to have a lot to say to do with your program, obviously. So what is a habit? A habit is an action without thought. So I don't think about going to AA meetings, I think which one, yeah? I'm in the habit of going to meetings. I'm in the habit of doing these things that I, was, I listened to at first as suggestions. I took the suggestions, and those suggestions turn into habits, and the habits are the, they're the greatest insurance policy of your sobriety the first year. The first year sets the tone of the rest of the years. Yeah? And then if you have the right platform, then a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff can be revealed. Yeah. Yeah. So. The other topic we were going to talk about was this a thing called non-duality. Yeah. Well. You could say that AA would lead you to non-duality, but when it leads you to non-duality, non-duality is before AA, really. <laughs> so you don't go ahead, you go back, yeah? And so what happens is you go back 
before there was a need, a need to get relieved from bondage, you see that there was no bondage to begin with, yeah? There's been nothing real that has ever affected what I really am. That what I really am is as untouched, as clear, as brilliant as it's always been. And no matter what I've done or not done has left any mark on it. Non-duality is the complete negation of there was ever any other possibility of self and other, yeah? That what we are is pristinely untouched by all this, and that, in a sense, this is a dreaming, really. And maybe you'll be dreaming for 90 years, 80 years, but it's going to come to an end, yeah? And when it comes to an end, it'll be like it never freaking happened. Just like yesterday doesn't feel like it happened, does it? It doesn't feel like that to me. Without a memory of it, you wouldn't even fucking know it ever happened, was it? Yes? Yeah. So non-duality, I don't want to go there today. Because, see, in recovery, I can be helpful. In non-duality, uh, helpfulness isn't the point. You, you, want to, you don't want to be helpful because you want to leave everyone to their own devices so that they see they're not their own devices, really. <laughs> Really, <laughs> that's the whole point of it, yeah? And non-duality is a negation of a thing called duality, which is a way of describing this whole event, yeah? So you see day and night, yes and no, male, female. These are dualities, yeah? So there's humans, but there's male, female. So there's a poles, yes? Here, yes and no, and then it gets more sublime. There's connected, disconnected, close, far, all this. What non-duality is doing is a negation of all that, yeah? And the premise is that the duality of our daily life is rooted in the dualism that we find ourselves in, which is subject-object. So if you look at the head, sometimes you feel like you're the thinker, yes? And then sometimes you feel like the thought about. So sometimes you feel like the subject, I'm the thinker, I'm the seer, I'm the feeler. And sometimes you feel like the felt. Yeah? So we swing constantly all day into subject-objectness. Yeah? Non-duality is just a negation of that fact. It's just saying that's not true. That's the illusion or that's the dreaming. Yeah? So there you go. That's quick. <laughs> I don't think it's important, really, unless uh, if you're addicts and alcoholics, because I know a lot of people hear about non-duality and they try to exclude themselves from doing the program of AA, because there is no one. There's no one who's an addict, but now they're all fucking drunk non-dualists. <laughs> so i much rather, you know, like if you seemingly woke up and you were a diabetic, you'd still take insulin, yes? You wouldn't be, oh, no, I'm free of diabetes. No, your body isn't free of it. Well, the body, brain is part of the body, has alcoholism and addiction, yeah? And if you try to get out of what you need to do a day at a time for the maintenance of this condition of freedom from the body to self, probably the shit won't work, yeah? I met a lot of Buddhists who are drunk now because they try to replace the 12 steps with Buddhism. So let's just, you're here now, you found the way of life that's suited for this action figure. Just maintain the condition that's available by doing the program 
and then you'll be a free-range alcoholic. <laughs> you'll be able to entertain other possibilities because you'll be freed from the tether of constantly having yourself under surveillance and fucking shit. Yeah. So when I start this, I don't want to talk about the other because it's sort of... Uh, it's like my friend, he always eats the dessert first and then eats the meal. I rather, let's eat the meal first, which is recovery, and then get the dessert. <laughs> what happens if you're not a self? What happens if you're not this idea of self? Maybe, as they say in recovery, the greatest form, you know, you have to, your daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of your spiritual condition, yes? What happens if you are a spiritual condition? If your daily reprieve is contingent, meaning it's dependent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition, if you are a spiritual condition, basically your daily reprieve is fucking available. <laughs> Just be clear about what you're not. And then that what you are will be, your condition will, will be contingent on that, and you are a spirit. You're not a thing that has a spirit's condition, you are a spirit, yeah? To me, that's the highest form of maintenance, is being something. If I'm being something else, and I try to become spiritual, what happens? The becoming spiritual is reinforcing that I'm not something else. That's not spirit, yeah? But what happens if I see I'm not that, I'm not that, and then I find out I am spirit? There you have it. You've now find the highest form of maintenance of a spirit's condition, which is being a spirit's condition. You can't maintain a spirit's condition better than that. Being is like the supreme platinum fucking get out of jail card. It's perfect, yeah? And you can rest there. I mean, I've been sober 32 years almost. I've never had a strong feeling or a thought about using or drinking. That's fucking amazing. That radioactive isotope was removed. No human power could do it. My mother wanted it to be removed, I wanted it to be removed, the state wanted it to be removed, a lot of people wanted it to be removed. No, no human power could do it, but something did it. In a blink of an eye, took it out. And then that, that urge was promoting the thoughts, the crazy thoughts didn't, weren't lighting themselves up, they were coming from that. Once the source of the juice the lights that were blinding me, the thought lights, the juice wasn't coming from the thoughts, it was from this, this fucking parasite. Once it got, once it, it's sort of like the parasite's like a little dog masquerading as like the big dog. But when you introduce the real big dog, which is the higher power, the little dog rolls fucking over. Yeah? Now, instead of being based in anxiety, irritable, restless, and discontent, you'll be chilled out, yes? That will be the new basis. Of course you have blurbs, yeah? But why, if you're having blurbs like this, but the basis is anxiety, irritability, and restlessness, that whole thing, AA allows the switch, where now the basis is an ease and comfort. 
it allows you to travel lighter, day in and day out, no matter what life has in store for you, you'll have a basis of traveling lighter, not based on condition and circumstances or shit you've acquired, which then you could entertain losing. No, but your inherent nature will be the guarantee. Yeah? Hmm. I'm just passing it on, you know, that's all. I've been, you know, I've seen a lot of people in recovery. I just don't want to be fucking in a lot of fear and resentment after 28 years. Yeah. I believe it says you can outgrow fear far out. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. I mean, how much growth would finally qualifying of outgrowing? Maybe I don't think that much, really. It's not all. I don't think I need fifty years of growth to outgrow fear. I think it's a simple clarity to see I'm not that which is promoting or generating the fear. That to me is is outgrowing fear. Seeing I'm not the source of it. I'm not the doer of it. I'm not the haver of it. Yeah? Well, yeah, any questions tonight? Could you talk about surrender a little bit? Surrender. Yes, well, mm. See, to me, when I, I was in a trailer park the last day I drank, came to, I don't know what I was, where I was the day before, I came to, you know like when you come out of blackouts, it's like parachuting behind enemy lines? Just, you come to, you're wondering, does everyone know I haven't been here? You know, but everyone just seems to be out to lunch still anyway. So I came to and I was in a, I was in a very small, room, I later found out it was a trailer next to this hang gliding airport in Calistoga, uh, California, about an hour and a half north of San Francisco. I came to, and I was sitting across this table from a guy I didn't know, and there was a bottle of Royal Gate Vodka, and uh, I looked at this guy, and he had a big face, big head and a big, big nose with varicose veins all on his face. And I said, this guy's a fucking bum, you know? But he, lo and behold, he's looking at me like I was a bum. <laughs> and that's when it happened, right there and then. Behind the scenes, something like downloaded, and it was like a CNN news flash, just a headline, no story, and the headline was, I'm fucked. Now, I've been fucked for quite a while, but you know, the muscle denial is unbelievable. It really is. You, that's why you're the last to know usually. The power of the veil of denial is unbelievable. The one who's in, run, who's got the fucking bird seat of, and you don't have no idea what's going on. What happened was, this thing said, I'm fucked, and then it was a, a little underneath, it says, and I'm not managerial quality. Yeah. So that happened, 
And you know what? It's never changed. It doesn't come up for re review every year. No, like, no punditry debates it. Just been like that for 30 something years now. That was surrender to me. That's what I recognize as surrender. Yeah? And what surrender can do is it can become surrendered. Yeah? You don't have to have it surrendering experiences. You can get very clear about the principles that you're going to have to get clear about right there and then. And now you're surrendered. You realize that the that any life run on that thing's will is hardly going to be a success. You realize that suddenly something has done for me what I can't do for myself. When that started to happen to me, all I did, did was expand on the shit I can't do for myself. Just kept opening up more and more and more. Allow these principles to bloom. Don't cut the fucking flower. Let it bloom because another one blooms. Another one blooms. And then I've stayed surrendered based on this one idea that I'm not managerial quality for 30 years. And that's why I say now the ability to be convinced is, is paramount. Yeah? Because that's what a surrender is. A surrender will convince that which cannot be convinced, yeah? The convincing will be in the innermost. It will not be up here, because this cannot be convinced. It can be convinced and unconvinced. It's dualistic, yes? Convinced, unconvinced. Your innermost is what gets the message. And I don't know where that's located. I know it's not located in the brain or in the thought system. But there was a convincing of that that never changed. That to me is surrender. Yeah. I don't know how you can promote one. I mean, if we could, it would be awesome. But I believe the grace is there. And if it hasn't occurred yet, it probably will. And the hope you need to have is hopefully you'll be done before you're done. Because we're all going to have that one done of dying. I'm hoping you'll be done before you're done so you can fucking have another life, yeah? And the being done is that, that being convinced and that surrender that the convincing promotes. Because when you see that basically you are not going to get out of you, yeah? That the mechanism that I have cannot, cannot understand what I truly am. It cannot know it. It can't experience it. Yeah. The futility of self can't get out of self is the fertile ground of fucking surrender. When you see that, that's a surrender. Yeah. Then you see service as a fucking privilege and as an opportunity, not as an inconvenience. Then you start seeing what's going on here. Why we have AA meetings? Because if you had a, if you could see people with like an X-ray eyes, you'll see an orbiting going on. Their interested attention is in an orbit of self-centeredness. Yeah, and so the AA meeting, what it does is it provokes some of that attention to come out of that orbit to go to the next speaker or to the newcomer for an hour or for five minutes, whatever. Yeah. And when that happens, there's a dawning of what's possible. Because when you're out of this orbit, you feel bigger. 
You'll feel more alive. You feel available. And then you sense the presence. That presence you sense is what you really are. And if you are that presence and, you're all, and you are available, then you will be of service. Basically, your attitudes and outlooks will change. You won't be having to do gratitude lists. You'll see things in, through grateful eyes. This whole, this, this, this thing, AA is going to change your attitude and outlook. That doesn't happen over a weekend. It doesn't. That's a way of life. Yeah? It just works on you. If you just stay on the operating table, don't fucking get up, and don't play doctor, it's going to go great. Really, really. You don't have to point out what needs to be worked on because, see, you're not changing. You're going to be changed. Yeah? You and I are not the cause of the changing. We, are, we have submitted ourselves to be changed, and the program, actually the higher power through the program, will change us. We're going to be changed. People say uh, you're going to have a, a profound personality change. We did that every day shooting coke. <laughs> I know how to produce a profound personality change. Fucking drink something, snort something, shoot something. But what does? How can I sustain it? Yes, I shoot. I get. That's addiction. This way of life, it, it produces a basis that sustains itself. You are what you're looking for. You'll be the source of peace and contentment. Yes? You won't be looking to get love from someone. You'll be looking for someone to express love to. Yeah? It'll change things. And you'll observe the change, and you'll see it. And then you'll get the, you'll have the gratitude of what glory is working through our lives, really. Yeah. I mean, look how many people you've seen that light go on. In AA, I've heard stories where the person described for 20 minutes how fucked they were, and all you could say is, "Yeah, you're fucked, babe. You are." <laughs> and yet, after a few weeks, they seemingly get miraculously unfucked. It's mind-boggling, and you couldn't lay. It doesn't look logical because it isn't. We have come in contact with a power greater than us, yeah, and grace abounds. Just open up. Stop taking your own counsel and fucking realize this isn't about you directing anymore. It's about you being directed. Yeah? Not by people, not by a program, but by a power greater than you. Greater than people, greater than the program. It can use the program for a while as a medium, but it isn't the program. It's the grace of the higher power. I mean, just be clear the horse and the carts. So, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about when, what happened to you at eight or, I think it was eight or nine years when you just woke up to this? Well, eight or nine years is that's that's thing. I was doing workshops in AA since I was three years sober on the fourth step for like 16 years or something, but around the ninth year, so I looked at how it works all the time. I did it every Monday night in San Francisco. And I looked at how it works all, you know, a lot, and how that's where that part is in page 67, being convinced that self. I read that sentence and I saw self as other, that's all. 
Self didn't remind, it didn't uh, produce a sense of me. It produced a sense of other. I saw, he, it, I saw without Bill W. knowing it or not, because I don't think Bill W. wrote the book. I think the book's a download through Bill W. I don't think he had half a clue what was being going to be said through it. Yeah? But I saw that, I, that self as other. So I used the terminology of a parasite, which I don't know, if I don't care if it's a parasite night. I just want people to picture what's killing them as other than them, because then they can entertain the possibility of being free from it. But if you're, if you're identified as it, you cannot be free from it, as it, you can't. I've seen it, I've seen it. I don't need any more fucking evidence, I've seen it. So that's what happened. I saw self very clearly as something other than me. And then therefore, I started looking at what I was calling my resentments, my fears, and my harming other people as being generated by the parasite. Yeah? Sort of like the parasite thrives in a, a certain setting, like, you know, like the pH of a body. So let's say the parasite needs a very acidic pH. Very, very acidic, yeah? And then it thrives in there. What AA does is changes the pH of your life, and then that which was very accommodating to the parasite, it's not, it actually wards off the parasite. The parasite doesn't find any home in there anymore. You've changed sufficiently enough, it's not hospitable to the parasite anymore. It's so beautiful. Yeah, so I saw that thing that I was calling, that my head was calling me all fucking day. I mean, it says, they say we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. Do you really need 70,000 thoughts a day to live in Culver City? Culver City, does it take 70,000 thoughts a day to make navigate a Saturday in Culver City? I don't think so. What are most of the thoughts doing? What are they doing? They, Supposedly there's nothing wasted in nature. What the fuck are they doing? They're reinforcing the self. The system is reinforcing the system. We're addicted. The original addiction is the mental addiction to self. That's the real addiction. The getting drug, the drugs and the alcohol were fucking ignorant ways of trying to get out of that, really. What, what provoked me to get loaded was that. The sense of irritability, restlessness, and discontent that I felt most of the time urged the system to fucking get some relief. Now, I thought I was trying to get relief for the system, and that, and, but it's really what I'm really looking for is relief from the system. Yes? Relief for the system is food. I'm feeding it. Every time I got out of self, I was more in fucking self. That's what addiction is. You never, hey, I never hit a point where, thank you, cocaine. I'm satiated. <laughs> Let me give all my coke to everyone else. And I wish you, I wish you what I've gotten from cocaine. I do. I'm at peace and content. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. What happened with me with cocaine, I would be in a place with some people just like this, and there would be a rug, just like that, 
And after I ran out of Coke, I would see cocaine in the rug. And I would get on all fours and start harvesting what I thought was cocaine, which was lint, fucking maybe a piece of a fucking whatever, mothball or something. It didn't matter. And the rest of the herd would see me down there. They'd get on all fours, and we'd all be fucking searching. I mean, you don't, you don't picture yourself doing that, do you? No, but that's what happens. The parasite will have you on all fours, looking at him, looking for imaginary shit. And I swear to God, my what? Oh, fuck it. I I went. Uh, I got a pool now here. I swear to God, when I was out there, my friend Saru and I, we uh, we got news that this guy had opium which we liked. And we were gonna meet him at, there was a three day heavy metal thing going on the Oakland Coliseum. We we're gonna meet him at one of the uh, pedestrian bridges between sets or something. We drive from San Francisco, we get it in the tin foil, we go back to the apartment and uh, we shoot up, yeah? And we're trying to talk ourselves in, are you feeling anything? I think so, <laughs> this and that. And then my girlfriend comes in and says, what's going on in here? It smells like incense. What, we fucking bought incense. But we're not sure, so we shot it up again. That's you? You think that's you, really? That's something driving you. Yeah. That's something driving you. That doesn't, have you done that since you've been sober? Have you stopped here at this, you know, your 20th day in the program, stopped on side, fucking going through rugs? No, probably not. You'll probably never do that again, ever. 31 years, I haven't gone through a rug. <laughs> because that, that which led me to do that isn't leading me anymore, yeah? I go to jail to visit other people. I, I leave, yeah? I don't go to where I used to go, and all the time I was thinking I went there. I was used for fucking transportation. And now, the plethora of all these programs, people are going to tons of programs over and over and over again. You don't think the self has adapted to programs? It's fucking adapted perfectly. You know the lingo, it's just waiting, biding its time. Yes, and then it's out and it gets loaded again. These kids that where I'm, you know, from back where I am now, they're so sure they're gonna be brought back with Narcan, they're overdosing for the fucking fun of it. That's the new high, is to overdose because they're gonna be brought back when they get shot up with the Narcan. You see how insane it is? This thing is not going to stop. It's not going to better you. It isn't. Yeah. Be clear. You're not going to make it a service animal. It's a parasite. It wants to eat you. It's not going to kill you because you're its host. But it's fucking, fucking, fucking going to treat you very badly. And you won't be able to, that's why people kill themselves. They're just trying to get out of that. But they can't separate the two so that you've got to go. Yeah, so. I'm so stoked, man, because I'll tell you, 
there is a solution. There is a solution. Yeah. And I mean a nice, uh, yeah, whatever. There you go. You've been served a spiritual subpoena. I have faith in the, in the spiritual court system. You'll be left off of probation like that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So any more, any questions? No? What do you do to practice like getting rid of self? I don't try to get rid of self. I see I'm not that. Yeah. That's why. I, if I was in, if I was new in the beginning, I would say the easiest way for a free sample is service. Do some service. The attention and the interest will be pulled out of you and you'll feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, it will regroup and say, oh, I want to feel better, and then you won't feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, you hear about a really good party, but as soon as you get there, it sucks, right? That's sort of like self. Yeah. Sir, it gets this. You have, you have an experience of being relieved of it, and then the selfing claims to be the one who had that experience. Yes? And so it neuters the event. That's what it does all day. The head arises very quickly and claims to be the one. Yeah? Very quickly. If you don't see it, you're going to be looking from it. I'm just telling you right now. The production of self is about two seconds or less. Yeah? So if there's a doing, let's say, the mental state is going to claim the doing to imply the doer. That's the bondage of self. Yeah? The noun comes from the verb. Yeah? The verb isn't coming from the noun. The noun comes from the verb. So there's doing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. The mental state claims the verb to imply the noun that pulls the doer, the feeler, the hearer, the taster, the toucher. And so every time you do something, the doing is claimed to imply the doer. So even if you're meditating, it's going to claim the meditation to imply the meditator. Now you're bound to being a meditator. So what happens is you miss your morning meditation, you think your whole day is going to suck. Yeah? The head plays God with that. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Yeah. Why did he pick such a lousy word for itself? It's just like, are there other cultures that call it something that makes it easier to understand? You're like, you leave this room and, and it's just like you say all day long, the constant reminder, you know, that it, it's confusing. It's, it's, it's hard to keep a perspective. I'm just curious if, I'm not a linguistics major, but if there's like, I would have picked a different word. <laughs> well, it reminds me of me. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, I like the the, the I, idea. I'm sorry, of, I should have shut up. Well, the thing is, recovery uses it, so we use it this way. In oh, other in yeah. in other spirituality, self means everything, but in our thing, self is more of like a, a sense of the ego type thing. But to me. If you look at who has an ego and who thinks loses an ego, that's the self. So I don't think ego is it. Yeah? 
The self can claim to have an ego and to lose an ego. Yeah, it's like the self is like Dracula that will go on vampire hunts. It will fucking hunt down, yeah, other vampires to hide its fucking nature. Yeah, so self will always objectify what and make an, a, an ego out of it. But that's not the freedom. Freedom isn't there. Freedom is from the sense of being the doer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher. It doesn't mean that sense isn't going to be produced, but you see through it now. That's all. Yeah? And how hard is it? Have you gone to enough AA meetings? When I came to AA, I had a thick sense of terminal uniqueness. Right? We all do. I was sitting there, and I truly believed no one thought like I did. Completely. No one felt like I did. No one did the heinous things that I had done. After about three months of listening to people share their thoughts, their feelings, and their things that they did, I could come, only come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts, or they're not my thoughts? How could, if we all have the same thoughts, how could they be mine? Yeah? Mine sort of implies a unique ownership, <laughs> which is bogus because we're all following the same system of thought, and we all here, most of us, have a certain subdivision of that, which is an extreme obsession with that system, which is alcoholism and addiction, yeah? So we're having, that's why the thoughts you're having are the same thoughts I'm having, yet in the having of them, they imply a different person. So let's say the thought that's driving you crazy, I see it isn't mine, so I don't get affected by it. The same thought, if it was held as mine, it could ruin my day. It's not the thought, it's the owning of it. It's the being the thinker of it. The thinker of it is what gives the power to the thought. Yeah? Now, if you have, if just look at the evidence, that this should suspel the whole idea of being the thinker is having active alcoholism. You know that a lot of alcoholics think exactly like you do. Then, and every one of us is saying, these are our thoughts, my thoughts. How can they be mine if all of us have it? We have the same fucking system of thought. There's nothing unique there. All that changes are nouns, really. Instead of being fucked by Jim, I'm getting, you're getting fucked by Bill. It's the same saying. <laughs> It's the same, same. It's like we've got the same loops running. And yet, it's unbelievable. You hear it at AA. People get right to the edge. They go, oh, it's amazing how all of you think like I do and feel like I do and do the same thing. I just want to push them over the fucking edge. Where does that lead you to? If they have the same feelings and thoughts and do the same shit, they can't be yours. They can't be unique expressions of you, you're not expressing anything unique, you're expressing alcoholism. It's, if, you've, if you've read the big book, you're a run-of-a-mill fucking alcoholic. <laughs> Literally. We basically, the people who are here, we can probably write the rest of your life script. We could, and it would probably fit pretty well, except with different nouns, you know? Maybe you'll be in Istanbul instead of Newark, but it'll be the same fucking story. It will. <laughs> you'll never see your role in things. 
You'll be blaming fucking everyone. You'll be thinking like you're a victim. You will never go to that sentence. Hey, people will step on your toes seemingly without provocation. But invariably, we will find that we made a decision based on what? Self that put us in this position. The base, it wasn't based on you. It was based on self, the decision. You, want, you just saw the fucking thief. You see it, you have it. It's all there. You don't need any more fucking research. You don't need any more evidence. Just look at it. Yeah? You and I, there have been many, many decisions based on self that put us in a position to be hurt. Right? Brought us misfortune that we felt we didn't deserve. But did not we set the ball fucking rolling? Yes. If you don't see your role in things, there's no, that has, that's almost as important as surrender, really, is seeing your role in things. I mean, my, my nephew is still fucking out there. He's 50 something years now, 50 years old. He, his father was rich and then got ill and had an aneurysm and then everything went into medical bills and so he thinks he got ripped off. He was the oldest son. He was going to get the business. He's still fucking resentful for 30-something fucking years. Cannot see his role in things. Cannot. And he's fucking destined to be fucked up because of that. Yep. Well, the, there's, a, there's a guy, uh, you ever hear of Harry Tebow? He was a psychiatrist in the beginning of AA. He talks about surrender. And he says surrender is an unconscious event. And he felt that the, the surrender would have to be strong enough so that it would be able to gain traction out here. So a lot of people have, have an event, an unconscious event of surrender, but it doesn't have enough legs and then the system regroups, yes? And then they're screwed seemingly again, yeah? So, but here you go. You've got the starting point. We're all sober right now. You could use that as the starting point, yeah? And then... Just get the habits in fucking place. Yeah? What's going to bridge you from willingness over the chasm of unwillingness, yeah, or lack of willingness, is habit. Yeah? If you get in the habit of living sober, yeah, willingness doesn't have to look enthusiastic. It won't. Not, not 32 years. 
But now you have, the, you have the habits that bridge you from the point to the next point, and then you have your big fucking light up moments when you see one of your sponsees sort of get it, and his eyes open up, and you're like that, and that gets you motivated. But uh, sometimes there'll be dry patches, and that's the habits. That's just being in, just like, why do you, call, why do you think they call it heroin is a habit? Yeah, because there's, it becomes a habit. You've got to do it, and you're really not even getting high. It's just you're scared shit of fucking get, coming off it. So basically, the parasite has you, it's like extortion. It's extort, it's gonna, you know, it's not letting you, oh, it's unbelievable, that one. Because you don't even fucking like it anymore, but you don't want to go through that cold turkey. So this is like another form of the parasite having you by your gonads, man. It's unbelievable. So uh, some people, like I work with a guy now. Well, I don't want to go there, but, you know, just keep coming back. Maybe at the level of success some of us arise, you know, arrive at, yeah? Some people may keep going out, but at least they have a place to come back to, yeah? yeah? Yeah, and a little relief when there's very little relief goes a long way. A little relief is huge. Yeah, so. So if self can't be that itself, it almost seems like we have two selves. No, you have none. <laughs> hmm? It does seem like you have two selves, but you have none. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> You see? In a way, there's the one self, yeah. then it sets up as two, but the two are only, it's only temporary because then it's zero. Yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you let, you finally admit, like I'm an, I'm an alcoholic or an addict or an asshole, shit that I've been trying to put off for a long time. See, this is what I did when I was young. In hindsight, certain things really scared the shit out of me, so my life was pretty much about making them as unreal as I could, yeah? Then I got sober, and I swear to God, some of the, some of the amends I was going to have to make, I was successful avoiding it for fucking years. I get to the ninth step, and I'm just, just run, I'm running into them every fucking day. And then I let... I let all that shit I was trying to make unreal finally be as real as it wanted to be, and then it showed me it was unreal. And then I got the reverse engineering. By my trying to make it unreal, I made it as real as real can fucking be. Remember, that which is playing God is using God juice to play God. Yeah? Just like you hear it in AA meetings, the person says, I swore it's never gonna be like my mother, and they're just like their fucking mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? I saw that my friend here, she's ill, and I, she's got a, her pattern is, so then I say, you sound really good, and as soon as I said that, she goes, oh, starts <laughs> coughing on the other side. The, the, narr the narrative reinforced itself. You see, it's a tricky motherfucker. <laughs> it's in by you wanting to get out. Your drive to get out of self makes the reality of self real. Yeah? If you didn't keep going with the urge to get out, you would see you're not in. But because you never stop trying to get out, you believe you're in. 
You believe you're in. And you know what? There's a lot of investment in that story. You, th that which you're not doesn't want to look like an asshole. Fuck, I could have been, yeah, yeah? So it, has, it wants to reinforce the story. So the more, more, more drive, and especially if it takes longer, years and years of getting out, it believes it's, oh yeah, I feel like I'm out, whatever. No, you're reinforcing the fucking in. You don't get out of self by getting out of self. You're out of self completely because you're not in self. What you are could never be what your thought system says you are. You are not of thingness. You are not finite. You are not this or that. You're not conditional. You're not circumstantial. They give it a term called spirit, but that's what we are. We're not of thingness. Yeah. The eyes are not seeing. The eyes facilitate seeing. The ears are not hearing. Consciousness is hearing. Something that's on, something, it's nothing, it's nothing that's awake is experiencing awakeness through us. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. You could swear you never want to see a bird again, but if your eyes are working and you look out the window, you'll probably see a fucking bird. There goes your vow. Oh, I'm never going to be a bird seer. Fuck. Good luck. You don't have any control. You're after. The idea of you comes after consciousness. Don't you think our language promotes, I mean, you used to talk about when you were on, you were surfing and you hurt your leg. Yes. And I thought that was a great analogy. It's, it's when you say our language promotes us. Completely. Com I mean, we're yes. Our culture. The know. language implies you have a lot to do with a lot of shit you have nothing to do with, really. Just like the one we used to always use was when I came, I was living out here and I went back to New York to do a talk, and a guy who used to know me came in and says, hey, Paul, you're growing your hair, because my hair was longer. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm growing my hair. I'm doing pretty good, you know? And then he was balding. I go, hey, you're not doing well. I said, you know, we have a, we, I meet with a bunch of guys and we grow our hair together on Saturday. Why don't you come, introductory offer? It's added about an inch to me, and I'm very proud of my hair and this and that. But really, all I do is not cut it, really. I'm not growing any fucking hair. But see, the language says, it sounds like I'm growing hair. I'm growing my hair. Same thing, I, the knee went out in the ocean. When I got, you know, I told the story tons of times. What happened, Paul? Oh, I hurt my knee. So it sounded like I swam out there with a hammer. <laughs> no. I observed my knee went out, basically. But the, the, the laziness of the language is I hurt my knee. It sounds like I hurt, like I did it. But you didn't do it, it's the same thing. The greatest disguise of the parasite is language. It's talking to us as us. I mean, really, if the parasite talked with like someone else's, you'd say, fuck you. You fucking wouldn't listen to it for a second. You've been, it's like a lullaby to us for 40 years. Yeah. I could go on and on. I've seen it. It's not us. I have. I've seen it. 
I've seen it and all that's necessary. If you can picture that which is killing you as other than you, you have a fucking good chance. If you can picture it as a foreign pathogen, that foreign pathogen could be exiled. Yes? You grew in, you can outgrow. Yeah? It's, you've been infected, you can be unaffected. Yeah? You can live a day at a time as if the problem does not exist for you anymore. Up and far out. Yeah? Just get down to the exact nature of the wrong and the causes and conditions. Yeah? Yeah. So, all right, that's it, eh? I think we have books outside if you want to uh, donate to you Paul. You don't have a new book, though. I don't have it. I forgot. I've lost an incredible interest in my own fucking career. I don't have shirts either. I just, I was just came down for a vacation. We threw this in. Uh, thank you. We'll pass the basket. Lock the door.